When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Moscomish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Moscomish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on in that number podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 214. Uh, On Remembrance Sunday, we acknowledge the sacrifice of those who served their country and acknowledge our responsibility to work for the peace they fought hard to achieve. And may I say how impeccably observed both sets of fans were at the game uh, in those moments of reflection pre-game. So today we will go through that West Brom game. Another massive result. Three more points to add on this streak as we extend it to eight undefeated and a valuable win against a fellow promotion candidate. With me to bask in this latest triumph is, of course, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizantz. Kevin, how about that then? Um, tough team to play, tough match, ding-dong battle, but um, yeah, we came out victors somehow. Somehow. Uh, and Tim, yeah, the, the points keep on coming. And, and you said last week this was one of the biggest games of the season. Um, if you get three points here, then, you know, what a statement that put out. Uh, and we got them. Yeah, it was a match that we took advantage of the few opportunities we truly made. And I, we'll take it, run away with it and say, uh, I don't want to play West Brom again because that was not a fun matchup. It was very nervy and I did not like it overall, but happy we came up with a win and fantastically feeling good with eight games unbeaten. Superb. Yeah. And unfortunately, Tim, we do have to go to the Hawthorne still. But uh, yeah, not not just yet. We, have, we, we go there in 2024. But yeah, um, unbeaten and eight, as you said. Yeah. Three wins on the spin. Put some pressure on Leeds. Um, Leicester lost again. Uh, we sit one point behind Leeds now and, and nine behind Leicester and Ipswich, who are a joint top now. And after this international break, we take on Huddersfield, of course. And Ipswich travel to West Brom. Um, however, Leeds will travel to Rotherham. 
Uh, less to take on Watford, I think. But is it wrong to be watching other fixtures at this point, Kev? <laughs> We're always watching other fixtures. It doesn't matter where we are on the table. If we're looking to climb up it, get off the bottom or stick to the top, uh, you have to watch out for the other teams around you and what they're up to to understand your position in the league. But it's looking good. It's looking a lot better than it was uh, this time last month. Yes, yeah, it certainly is. But yeah, I find myself looking up now thinking, oh, who have Leicester got? Can we take some points off of them? Um, that way, then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to join our discord, if you're interested, then just get in touch and join in with all our game discussions, predictions, um, everything. Yeah. Free to enter. Uh, if you want to join us, uh, then get in touch and we'll get you in. Um, and also, if you're enjoying the show, uh, show your support to us by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. OK, uh, ITN News. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, uh, Russell Martin was shortlisted for Championship Manager of the Month for his masterful 11 points in October. Uh, The winner was announced on Friday, uh, but the other candidates were Michael Carrick of Middlesbrough, Enzo Maresca of Leicester and Kieran McKenna for Ipswich. All deserved, actually, um, but the winner was Enzo Maresca. Um, I think it's safe to say he won't get a nomination for November. Two losses out of the two. Um, and I th- also, I think it's safe to say that Russell Martin will also skip that discussion for November. Yes, we may be winning, but he picked up his third touchline booking and will now face a touchline ban. Uh, Matt Gill will be on the technical area at, um, at the John Smith Stadium while Martin sits in the stands with us fans. Um, yeah, so that's... a. Little bit of breaking news there. Um, got some injury news as well from uh, from Jack Stevens. He's back on the grass, uh, and I'm not talking about the cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> that was setting back further, I think. I'm sure, but um, uh, yeah, it's a big step up. Uh, but the time scale remains the same. I mean, from his injury on the 26th of August, it was that long ago. Um, they said 10 to 10 to 12 weeks uh, that, until he's back on the pitch, and it, it's been 11. Uh, so it shouldn't be too much longer with, you know, with this break that we've got now, that's only going to help. Uh, but that's some really difficult decisions to make uh, in that centre back position now. And when Stevens went down, we suffered with those four losses. And since then, you've got Bednarik and THB. They've been brilliant. I mean, Holgate come in for the suspended Bednarik yesterday and put in a blinder. That's three centre backs in tip top form. So our captain's going to struggle for playing time, surely. I'm just... I'm just glad that I don't have to make the decisions because I guess he's going to be damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, Kev. Certainly is. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. Uh, I don't see Stevens getting back in the lineup. Uh, Harwood Bellis has been absolutely phenomenal and fantastic. Uh, Benaric has deservedly kept his spot in and played well. And I don't. I think he'd be above Holgate in the charge, uh, except for Holgate's well, most recently this game is played really well. I don't. He. I don't think he's getting in. I, I think he's going to be a captain on paper, but not a, not in the lineup. Mm. I've almost forgotten that he was captain. I, you know, because in my mind, um, Adam Armstrong's been captain for so long now, and um, longer than Jack Stevens probably now. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it just seems weird to be talking about our captain not being able to get into the team. But yeah, like I say, it's good problems. Um. There's there's been a fixture change for the festive. Uh, period that that Plymouth game, which is uh, on Friday the 29th of December, has now been changed to a 6 p.m. kickoff um, because it's been selected for Sky Sports. I'm not happy with that really because I mean I have to work early on Saturday morning, so it's going to be straight from St Mary's uh, to, to work. So yeah, Kev, have you got any any news? Yeah, just a couple of things. First of all, I want to say that um, I, well, just a big thank you to um, Laurie Mack, who's um, final column for the Echo came out and he's uh, retiring from that now after how long has it been? Yeah, 20 years or so. So yeah. um, I guess it had to happen at some point. Um, so yeah, IP enjoys his retirement. Yeah, a lot of these legends are retiring from us really, aren't they? You've got uh, Laurie McMenemy now retiring from his work and you've got uh, obviously we just had Al- Dave, Dave Alex, Merrington. Alex McCarthy as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Dave, Dave Merrington. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, also, yeah, under 17s, they are in action, for in, they are in international duty, and uh, Sam Amior, Jaden Magoma, and Tyler Dippling, they all featured in England's 
10 nil mm. win over uh, New Caledonia. But that's not important. <laughs> double, double digits, yeah. Do we, all know what, do we all know where that is? I don't, no. Yes, Oceania. Pacific, Island, Pacific Island. Yeah, I do know where it is. Yeah, belongs yeah, to the French. Yeah. Um, that's about all I know about it. So, in other words, we beat France 10 0, yeah? Well, we beat some French Islanders. Well, yeah. So, some small islands. We beat them 10 0. Tyler Gibb Dibbling scored, and so did Amo Amior. Um, <laughs> Everyone <yeah>. scored. <laughs> yeah, be quicker to tell you who wasn't on the score sheet. Well, Magoma wasn't, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Kev, we've got a little little bit of transfer news uh, that's cropped yeah. up. I know, I know we're still a month away from the, the window open, or just over a month away from that. Um, but there's been some noise of a potential incoming uh, former Blackburn forward, Ben Brereton Diaz, um, coming in on loan uh, from Villarreal. Uh, his move there hasn't quite gone to plan. I mean, but we know he can do it in the championship. He's got 36 goals in 80 appearances for Blackburn. Oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> Signing another striker from that scored shitloads of goals for Blackburn. Yeah, but Adam yeah. Armstrong did, and he and he's you know he's now doing it in the championship. He's a championship player, as is Diaz, by the sounds of it. And we not have enough championship strikers. I mean, we've got Sekumara, Paul Onoachu, Adam Armstrong, Ross Stewart, Don Ballard. Don Ballard, well, he's a League One striker, isn't he? Yeah. But, well, I mean, if this if this is more than just a rumour, we I, I think we do have to be concerned over Shea's future because, you know, we've got Ross Stewart. Oh, fuck, I didn't in. even mention him, did I? No, exactly. This is oh. it. Um, you get Ross Stewart back in. Uh, Diaz on the horizon, possibly. Armstrong scoring. You've got Mara hanging around like a bad smell. Um, is Shea going to be surplus now? I mean, I... I it's I will say... It's out at this stage, isn't it? Well, that, that, that says that he's out then, doesn't it? If this yeah. if this if this is true this rumor, I will say there's competition from the Premier League as well over Diaz, Burns and Diaz. I've got Palace and Burnley they're interested. Um, he'll also you know you think he's got to be mad to pass on a six month deal to play in the Premier League though, and we've also got to compete with West Brom and Leicester who are on the pool. So I mean maybe <laughs> on the pool yeah <laughs> maybe it will come down to to the package and whether there's an option or obligations to buy but. I don't know whether we're still committed to Shea Adams or not. I don't know. I mean, if we are, you'd think a new deal would have been signed by now. I imagine so. Um, I think I didn't want him to go in, well, it wasn't the summer, was it? It was the end of the transfer window, and we were kind of half expecting him to go. He didn't. I was happy. Uh, he was looking like he was playing really well, and ever since then, just hasn't looked up to it at times, and hasn't looked capable at others. Um, I don't think he's scored since... Uh, deadline day so yeah we're, we're not really losing out um despite him being probably my favorite player he's it's, it's a weird one because everyone says that he doesn't look like he wants to be here but when i saw him warming up That's yesterday fine. him and sam Adozi warming up together they looked happy both of them laughing joking and you know it, it didn't look like he was he was whining and, and whinging about not being in the starting lineup so i, I mean we just don't know do we no, I mean, it looks like he, he does He does put a shift in, but it just doesn't seem to be enough. I mean, I guess his head's not in the right place to be making those good decisions. I think if there hadn't been those transfer rumours, we would have seen sort of prime Che Adams. This would be his... Yeah, the championship could have been his playground. Yeah. He would have been, He should have been knocking them in for fun, and he hasn't. Yeah, and at the moment, you can't put him in the team. Because the, who goes out? Because everyone that's there instead of him are, are playing, you know, very well at the moment. They're on top form, so doesn't deserve to be in that side right now. But you could say the same about Ross Stewart as well. Um, well, he hasn't done anything not to deserve being inside. Well, no. Um, but we have had one outgoing this week, and we've had a uh, goalkeeper Jack Bycroft has joined National League side Oxford City mm. uh, on loan <laughs> until January. Uh, so it's a short-term emergency loan, and he's already spent a short-term loan spell at Aldershot. Uh, where he kept one clean sheet in his brief three-stint uh, loan. 100% record. Yeah. Um, and also, Kev, whilst we're, we're chatting transfer news, I thought I'd take the time and talk about the possibility of extending a stay for current loanee. Now, you, they always say don't fall in love with a loanee, but I think, Kevin, you're quite head over heels for Ryan Fraser. Um, I do like the man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, could we make this move a permanent one? Because, I mean, I think his desire to stay is quite clear. He seems to like it here. 
He's always commented on the fans and how how we treat him. We also have to take into account his Scotland career as well, because, I mean, if he stays at Southampton, although he's he's a bench role player at the moment, he's getting some game time and he's getting goals, he's getting assists. But by all accounts, he's making a huge impact in the dressing room, too. Whereas if he goes back to Eddie Howe and, and Newcastle in his, you know, his current deal, it runs out in the summer of 2025. He won't be getting any time there. And there's rumours that he's fallen out with Eddie Howe. And he seems to have a strong relationship with Russell Martin. So if there is a possibility we can make this happen, surely this is the play that we need to get, even in his current role as a, as a bench player. Yeah. And for Newcastle, the quicker they get it done, the better, because they can command the higher price for them the earlier they do the deal. Yeah, but if we keep hold of him for more and he's, and he's you know getting these goal involvements, aren't they going to request a lot of money for him? Too much money for him, perhaps? Price us out? Well, I mean, this is... Um... Not a paradox, but the, the, those two things work against each other. I think his price is quite stable. The longer he stays, um, the less his contract's worth because he's running time out on his contract with Newcastle, mm. which um, in, is at the end of next season, isn't it? 2025, the summer of, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the less he's got in his contract with them, the less it's going to be worth. Um, and he's getting older as well. So him proving himself more, I don't think it's going to add a lot to his price. So I think we should take what they're offering and offload somebody in the January window. Well, the likelihood that we do bring in Fraser on a permanent, uh, if we don't get promoted, then, you know, Newcastle will be fine with that, sending him down to the championship. But if we do go up, then it will be, you know, we'll be playing against his, uh, his current Newcastle side. So, is that going to bump his price up a little bit more? I think it's an afterthought for Newcastle. They've already gone. They've already gone and don't even think about Ryan Fraser even exists anymore. So for it's more on us whether or not we're going to get promoted. Is he going to want to come and play in the championship next year if we don't get promoted? Or well, if he don't, we do get promoted, then yeah, he'll definitely want to come and play with us. So I think you're going to see something in the range of. Uh, if we get promoted, he'll, they'll probably sell it. They'll probably want to sell him for, let's say, four or five million pounds. Uh, he's going to be a bench squad player and, and would, and would be around with us for a while. If we don't get promoted, that's the tricky element because what does he want to do? He does he want to st- stay around and stick around in the championship for a little while? Well, who knows? But I think, uh, historically he's, not uh, towards the end of, of his Bournemouth career, he he was uh, there was a little bit of fallout there. He definitely is pissed off Eddie Howe along the way. So, what's different about us? Questions you want to ask? I I would love to have him. I think he'd be a great squad player uh, into the into the Premier League, and I think that in that five million pound range going into this off season, when we get promoted, <laughs> is going to be what's going to happen. Well, I mean, if we don't get promoted, I think his chances of staying at Saints is better because I think we lose the likes of, of Suleimana and Alcaraz. They'll, they'll be wanting to play in the Premier League. Uh, so there is a chance that he, he, he would stay or want to stay, as long as he's getting the game time. I mean, if he's a direct replacement for Suleimana, then fine. Um, but if we do get another player in to replace Suleimana, if this happens, then, uh, yeah, we don't know. But again, this is all speculation. We don't know. But the bottom line is we want him in, don't we? I mean... He seems like he wants to be here. So I think we should try and make that move. Um, so if you're listening, the powers that be, yeah, make it happen because we, we all love him. In, in January, you mean? Uh, well, if that's a possibility, why not? Um, I mean, they could sign a deal for the summer now. Um, I suppose that, that, that could happen in the transfer window. But you've got to remember that um, transfer, I mean, at this level, uh, the transfer money itself isn't such a big consideration that you've got to think of the wages. So mm. the longer Newcastle is subsidising his wages at, um, yeah. at Saints, um, he's going to have to take a cut going from a premiership team to a championship side, even if it's a championship side that gets promoted. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to take a cut in, ways, uh, in wages now, but they might be able to preliminary agree deal for the summer. Yeah, that's true. OK, yeah, Lone Watch. Uh, Don Ballard, yesterday, uh, his Reading side lost 3-2 at Shrewsbury, but he scored. Uh, that's three goals in his 10 games. Uh, so he's had five starts and he has the best goals per game in the side. Uh, but yet yeah, difficult loss that one because they were 2-0 up inside 15 minutes. 
ended up losing 3-2. And, and the last two Shrewsbury goals were the 92nd and 96th minute. So it's a terrible, terrible way to lose. Um, Paul Onuachu, he's at it again. His uh, Trabzonspor side took on Konyaspor uh, and they won 2-1. Both goals scored by the Nigerian Nightmare. And one of them was an absolute peach. Uh, so I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, make sure you check it out. Under 21s, uh, they haven't played. Uh, they've had a little break and they're next to play uh, AFC Stoneham on Tuesday, the 14th of November. That's uh, at Stoneham Lane in the Servio Men's Senior Cup. Uh, Serbian the... Men's? No, Servio. It's a sponsor. It's, it's, a, it's a Hampshire FA Senior Cup. Yes. Uh, and the, the women, uh, they played Sheffield United last Sunday, Sunday the 5th, and they won 2-1. Goals from Sophia Farrah and Kate Wilkinson. Uh, and then midweek, uh, Continental Cup action away at Reading and a 1-0 win uh, to make it two from two in that competition. Uh, Lexi Lloyd-Smith with the only goal there. Um, and their next match, well, they're playing right now. They're playing Charlton Athletic at St. Mary's. That kicked off at two o'clock and currently it is nil-nil. Under-18s, yeah. The, uh, the Late Show, <laughs> it's finding its way down to the youth side also because they played Reading at Staplewood uh, on Wednesday evening. They found themselves 1-0 down. They scored the equaliser through Tommy Dobson Ventura in the 80th minute um, after being on the field for five minutes. Uh, and then Harrison Miles scored the winner in the 92nd minute. So, yeah, great stuff there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and they next play Man United at Staplewood on Saturday the 25th. Uh, that's 11 a.m. kickoff. Do they call him the Southampton B Ace? Ah, <laughs> uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah, I was thinking of Jesse, Jesse the Body Ventura. Again, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, he was a wrestler. He was also. Nah. He was also. <laughs> he was also. No, he was also. An, he was also an actor. He was in Predator, if you remember. Uh, Jesse Ventura was also the governor of the state of Minnesota. Oh, I didn't know that, but there you go. Everybody knows Jesse Ventura, Kev. Bloody hell. Well, obviously not everybody, because I don't know who the fuck he is. No. You're a nobody then, clearly. Mm. Um, Thanks. Anyway, uh, on to the West Brom game then. Uh, last 14 meetings against West Brom were in the Premier League. Uh, it's the first championship meeting between the two since 2007-2008. Uh, but both teams heading in in top form. Three straight wins for the Baggies. And Saints unbeaten in seven, of course, so winning five of those. Uh, Saints had 17 points in the past previous seven. Uh, West Brom 16 in that same stretch. Uh, that form is reflected on the table, of course. Um, but we extended that streak. So that's eight now. Three wins in a row for us. Goals from Will Smallbone, his third of the season. And goal number nine for our number nine, uh, Adam Armstrong. So excellent, excellent stuff. And uh, yeah, the, the starters then... Good, good thing in terms of the starters, you know, not changed uh, the week before, but we had one enforced and that was uh, Jan Bednarik, of course, picking up the suspension. He picked up his fifth yellow card against Millwall. There was an appearance on the bench for Ross Stewart, who did make a debut coming on for match winner Adam Armstrong in the 83rd minute. Uh, once again, Kev, the, the team picks itself aside from that, that one enforced. Uh, nothing to argue about. Right. You don't, need, you don't need the manager, do you, if the team picks itself? If it starts training itself, I think you can go and line a beach <laughs> somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, but, um, Bednarik out, Holgate in. We're all very nervous about that. Um, but, yeah, rest of it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Tim, no arguments with the starting eleven. Everything is slotted right in, and Holgate was the 
well, the only option at center back. Uh, you could have concluded Shea Charles, but yeah. Mm, yeah, he's yeah, definitely yeah. that defensive midfielder. So uh, everything made sense. Right choice. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't take long uh, to pay off, did it? Uh, got ahead inside five minutes. Uh, Will Smallbone, that chant that you made last week, Kev, seems to have worked. And that song has been in my head all week. Um, uh, yeah, you should um, yeah, just pipe it out on the in the itching sound. <laughs> Uh, you should just climb to the back of the the gods up there in the uh, chapel hmm. just start shouting it and, and it will catch on yeah uh lovely lovely build-up play there from alcaraz and stew uh he pulls it back into the box for adam armstrong he hit it straight at alex palmer only to find its way to will smallbone doesn't quite find the net but over the line just yeah this is, I think this is um, this type of goal is a, a Saints classic. Just a fast, a uh, lot of fast passing, uh, run to the line, cut it back, and uh, wait for someone to to make the run and tap it in. Um, Space, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know how many of our goals have come like that this season, but it seems to be at least a quarter of them. And you know, it wasn't quite clear in the stadium if it crossed the line or not. So I was kind of like gauging the reaction from the West Brom fans, and they weren't too happy like you'd expect uh, but no complaints from the players on both sides no need for technology uh and then you know when, when the defender tried to clear it he was actually standing in the net so yeah that's that, pretty it, obvious that one is there no goal line technology either in yeah. the championship yeah of course there is i think if you've there got is, the, if you've got well if you've got the stadium to uh, to do it which we already have then yes i think it can be used the single easiest thing to to do. I mean, they did it before VAR even came in, didn't they? Exactly. Yeah, Four yeah. Just the cameras up on the goal line, isn't it? Up in the stands yeah. and just, yeah, easy easy to do. Um, but yeah, clear goal. I was actually pleasantly surprised that they called it because you saw the ref. So was I. Give it, <laughs> yeah. Well, the ref gave it, I mean, a, a good two, maybe three seconds after the ball supposedly crossed mm. the line. The... The player who was who cleared it was in complete line of the the back of the the line judge who is the one who's going to be sitting there and he was sitting there literally on it but the player is right there and if it wasn't for a potential I mean he yes he was a little bit farther back I mean it was tough it was a lot tougher than it seemed and I couldn't find any definitive angle no. without actually just sticking like a camera on the on the bottom end of the the crossbar which i think would actually be a pretty fun camera to be have if, if there is one uh it, it was tough like well, if I there was there it would have been smashed off anyway in the second half when they hit the bar but yeah oh yeah <laughs> i think that would have been like just put a little gopro up there and and they, they can live feed if, it, if only if it needs to but that yeah, was but a, what, was scary. what if someone hits the bar and the camera moves you know that's what i mean yeah it would have been smashed it did they did hit the bar didn't they that that end as well mm. um, and it would have yeah. just come down and hit baz on the head and yeah <laughs> i don't know but where from where i was i was i was over the other side of the stadium and i didn't know i didn't know it was in i couldn't see it. and they you know they showed the the re- replay of the goal on the, on the big screen and i still wasn't clear i thought did that did that actually go in the bloke behind me said oh i don't care who cares who's given it let's just move on no var one now so i was like yeah that's a good point let's just move on yeah i'll take it I'll, yeah definitely take it. We, we we looked good in spells um looked threatening in spells again some nice passing uh nice build-up play plenty of possession getting into the box and we just didn't we just weren't clinical enough at times i think i remember when um we did pass our way into the box and Will Smallbone just cracked one at sight and it was just nowhere near really. But that was kind of like the story of the game, wasn't it? There was just not enough of, uh, well, not enough testing the goalkeeper, really. The pressure, as we expected, it did come from West Brom. I mean, Darnell Furlong was channeling his Rory Delap with those monster throw-ins. Uh, like Tim alluded to last week, they've got a lot of height, they've got a lot of strength um, and they forged their best chance at the half when uh, Brandon Thomas Asante hit one just about why that was a scary moment i think it actually came off of holgate uh for a corner oh, but yeah didn't. was there any worry that they were going to score that way you know with those long throws and chipping the ball in the box and i know they didn't have a lot of chances i don't know the um the stats at half time but i know there wasn't many i mean Bazuna had barely anything to do um as same as their keeper though really but uh yeah it, I, you felt like their their route back into the game was going to be using their height and strength. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's their intention overall. 
I don't have the halftime stats, but at the end of the game, they had 27 crosses into the box. Yeah, so clear think, plan, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that was the intention where, in comparison, Southampton had 13. Uh, so the plan itself was to get there, their height, their experience, and, as we could tell, their physicality, because there were various chances where if we weren't in the right position or uh, Holgate wasn't too you know physical enough or THB wasn't able to just sneak his way through and get a header in there was, they could easily, they could have easily gotten one or even two more than, uh, than, than they, than they got because of the, and when they went off at, for, uh, at the end of the first half, they, you know, the, the, the fans were cheering, standing up, clapping them off, um, which was nice because, you know, we had the lead, but you know, that there's going to come a moment which we've had virtually in every single game where we sit back on a lead and, and allow opponents to root back in. And, and it does happen again because that second half was painful. It wasn't good to watch. We looked tired early, early on in that second half, looked tired. I mean, Russ used all his five subs. Um, Stu looked gassed. Alcaraz looked gassed too. And, and both those players played the full 90. So all the players that he took off, it was like, oh my good, uh, goodness, are they even more tired than those? Um, that, that surprised me really, but... I don't know. The pressing just kind of seized. Um, it should just be a fly on that wall in the dressing room and see what he's actually saying to them at halftime. Because he, he said, or you've said this before, that he's instructing the team not to play that way. So it must just be a, a player mentality thing. But it just it always seems to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, we seem to go out into the second half and have our guards drop almost immediately. Um, I don't know how that happens, but yeah. 15, 20 minutes after half-time. Half um, so you can bet in the first 30, first sort of 30 minutes, 30 to 60 or something. If I was a betting man, I'd be betting, yeah, 45 to 70 that the, our opponents will score a goal, Absolutely. whatever the odds are. Yeah, it's a, it's a good bet. It's an easy bet. But, Tim, we struggle to get the ball, and it's something that, that shouldn't be happening. And what, why does this keep happening time and time again? It's just making things uncomfortable, more uncomfortable than it needs to be. So I tried investigating this and, and, and working back. So to me, what ends up happening is, is it's, it's a series of small errors. It's not one thing that's going to be, be uh, better than the other. For example, Alcaraz uh, in like the 60th minute or so, he had a, basically a turnover that uh, was on a far pass that was a little bit more of a stretch, and, and we were caught out of position from it. And because they were caught out of position, you were able to uh, you know slide, sling it back in, and get the ball farther down the wings faster than we expected. And secondly, then, is when Moet came in, who's got an amazing, uh, he's got some pace on him and he's got some, he's got some swing play. Uh, they were still able to build out through, uh, through the outside. So you would see it, it wouldn't necessarily be, um, playing to the middle and then trying to, you know, trying to, trying to clog things up. They were, they were really finding those, those triangles to be able to build and get those crosses out as we saw uh, the one, for example, uh, where they were able to, where Manning got just hit over the top from Townsend's yeah. uh, cross in. And he just completely got, uh, was it? I think it was Darnell Furlong who was, you know, came over the top of him. And that was just the sequence of play that little things that they were able to find, capitalize on little mistakes and Moat being able to build through uh, really allowed for the opportunity for them to continue press on. Yeah, and that equaliser was coming, Kev. Uh, and Kyle, Kyle Bartley got it with the last touch, and it was probably deserved and using their height, getting the balls into the box. Thomas Asante from a recycled corner, he headed one off the bar, and then Bartley's on hand to, to tap it in. But Thomas Asante was unmarked just a, a, an error from the defence there, or just tiredness creeping in. It weren't Stu and Alcaraz on him, but they, they lost him pretty quickly. But yeah, I mean, they're a well-drilled team. They know exactly what, what they have to do, and they definitely play to their strengths. Um, like you said, like getting a lot of crosses into the box, using their height. Uh, that's exactly what they did to, to great effect. Um, yeah, I mean, saved, saved by the bar, but not by the keeper. Mm. Yeah, and, and they kept coming because, I mean, Darnell Fernell smashed the bar again from another cross and the header. I mean, that's the way to do it against us. Isn't it? I mean, Tim, Tim, you said they had 27 crosses into the box at the, at the end. Um, it's shitloads. It's too many, isn't it? And, but, you know, it was a wake-up call then. 
one you know it goes to one one they hit the crossbar the only the only way you can see this happening now is if we hang on for a one one or, or they're going to take it to one but we made them changes uh, Ryan Fraser comes on, Kev, for the injured Will Smallbone. Um, don't quite know what the problem is there. It looked like a hamstring injury, didn't it? I don't know if you were Gross. watching the stream and they said that, you know, uh, it could be a while out for him. Um, what we did, we, I don't know, we, we struggled to make the most of the possession in that first half. And we, we get the ball in the final third. We go backwards and sideways. It's just something that we saw last season, which was really, really unnerving. Um, failed to find a key pass. And then Fraser comes on. And then deliver as soon as the ball goes to Fraser, he runs with it and delivers the ball into the box and we score from it. Just that directness that he brings and something different. Um, yeah, and it's just a shame that he won't get the assist on that. But yeah, um, uh, Adam Armstrong, just a, a chance that he's not going to miss and grabbing his ninth for the season at seven uh, at St. Mary's. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to care about getting the plaudits on the three points on fantasy fucking championship he doesn't care he seems like a team player and was just as delighted as everyone else that um he's not made another valuable contribution to another late goal um but yeah i can't wait to get back to st mary's and uh, see him in action yes it's definitely good um tim i want to talk to you about the yellow card for uh for russ uh the uh well, I mean, I don't know how you saw it because I, I, I guess I kind of missed it from where I was. But Alcaraz got booked for dissent, apparently. Um, there was a foul on Kyle Walker-Peters that just got skimmed over. Russell Martin stands up, shows his disgust, and he got punished for it. Um, I, <clears throat> I understand that the officials are cracking down heavily on this now this year. And by the letter of the law, it's the right decision. Uh, but, I mean, we love it. We love a manager doing stuff like that, right? You want a manager who can show aggression in, in that and have that fire underneath him to say that this is my team and I'm going to fight for it. So Kyle Walker Peters had a little, basically got down into the box, fell and, you know, the sequence of the situation where he's being around and laying there. And because of that, that's where Alcaraz ran his mouth. Martin ran his mouth and they got their yellows for descent. So to me, I, I like it. I like that he's, you know, he's got the fire. He's got the mentality. It's a two one. It's still close. They're pushing through and we, we don't want to get, let them get that. Uh, we don't want to let them get that extra, you know, next couple chances that they can hopefully score. So if that, if him taking the yellow fired up the team enough to be able to get to, uh, to allow us to continue that two one win, I'll take it. And. Yeah, I mean, you could. I don't know what he's up there doing, what he's saying outside of that's a shit call or you're a big doo doo head or, <laughs> you know, you're, you, you know, I took your mother out for a last night and she didn't <laughs> call me back. So please call, please have her call me back. I don't know what he's saying. So I don't think it was that. But yeah, no, it's some um, Sis- sister name. Yeah, yeah. Do a Zidane <laughs> thing. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I fucked just, yeah, that doesn't really work, does it? It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I fucked your system, mate. <laughs> That's what it does. What's that got to do with Kyle Walker-Peters? I'm sorry, I'm giving you a yellow card there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you. Oh, shit, I don't want to get a red. Yeah, what happens when a manager gets a red? They go, they go... They go and sit in the stand straight away. Do they get a three-match suspension? And Yeah, like, depending on the um, sincerity of the of the dissent, yeah. And that would overturn the... Right, okay, it'd get even worse. But either, like look at either way, Marino I'm pretty sure he never said he never said anything about his sister. I'm pretty well, sure they usually give him well, so they give him two yellows and then the, and then they get the ban. So Mourinho ha- has has historically done that a lot, where he's gotten some two yellows and gotten kicked out uh, and suspended. But they, I don't think I've ever seen a manager get a straight red third yellow card. Now he he picked two up. I think he got one against um Chillingham. Yeah. Gillingham uh, and and Ipswich, I believe, picked up another one. But yes, that's his first, so he, he won't be there for the Huddersfield game. Suspension tightrope's different for managers than it is for players. Well, yeah, because they don't tackle unless you're Mike Tomlin. Uh, yeah, who's Mike Tomlin? Jesus, yeah. I, I don't know anything about I, the people you're talking about. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, okay. That's ice hockey, isn't it? No, that's American football. It's Pittsburgh ah. Penguins in hockey, you dumbass. Anyway, <laughs> can't we keep it to uh, English sports? Just man, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we're, we're trying to we're trying to find the only that's the only time I can ever think of a head coach getting kicked out of a game for any for any reason. What they would have to do, 
That is the only time that I can think of it. Unless like for a red card, like if you physically assaulted the fourth referee, like you took his, you took the time clock and said, no, I didn't want four extra minutes. I wanted 12 extra minutes because my team is down and then you smash it and you break it and then they throw off. That would probably di- dictate a red card. And that would be also be funny. Uh, and probably an arrest. <laughs> Well, you're, you're not a physically hurting him. You're just taking the device and then throwing. Yeah, but that's, Whereas, you know, that's, but that's vandalism. That's an arrestable offence. You could um, end up in the clink. Yes. Okay. And these, everything's gone over my head today, mate. <laughs> Everything. That's fine. Um, we'll move on. Uh, there, there was a debut for Ross Stewart. And it's finally here. Uh, we got a bite-sized taste of him. Uh, 14 minutes. Do we, do we think he's sexy? <laughs> uh, 14 minutes, included, uh, including the stoppage time. Not much for him to do. I mean, he went out wide on the right, didn't he? Which was a bit of a surprise. Um, I can't read too much into it, though, because, the, you know, given the game situation. But it was important for him to get out there and, you know, for the fans to give him a cheer. But he did show some willingness to, to press and he almost won the ball back up high as well. So, yeah, it looked like he was chomping at the bit. Too early to judge. Um, I don't think he was. I mean, he was a like for like substitution for Adam Armstrong. We saw him for about 10 minutes. Um, 14. 14, yeah, okay. With the, um, with the seven minutes of stoppage time. So, yeah, seven minutes left in the game and then uh, seven minutes of stoppage time. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't say I paid a huge amount of attention to, to, his, to his game reserve judgment on him. I know we've got a week off now before Huddersfield. And where and how will he slot in at Huddersfield? And do we do we change a winning team or, or do we give our £10 million striker a start? And if we do, who misses out? Uh, you've got to think it's got to be Charlie or Stu, surely. I mean, Stu's probably going to be recovering after 97 minutes of football, right? And that's going to take at least a fortnight. Yeah, I mean, I think we might see a change of formation if Smallbone is going to be out with that injury. Um, maybe Downs and Charles is a double pivot and then a, a, a midfield three. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. That's probably true. You want to put Adam Armstrong and Ross Stewart in at the same time? Uh, you can do that, can't you? You can put Armstrong out on one wing and Simone on the other. You could play a 4-2-2-2. Uh, you could do, or you could play Alcaraz behind Stewart and see how that works out. Mm, yeah, possibilities. But yeah, that, that an agonising seven minutes of added time, and it's probably the worst that I've witnessed because, yeah, it was it was just horrible. And I was even thinking to myself at this point, right, 2-2 is a positive result. And we still remain undefeated in eight. Um, but yeah, mm. to, to come away with the win is huge. But yeah, I don't know. How did you see it, Kev? Did you see the, the minutes just going slow? Or did you think, now nah, we got this? Kind of half and half. I mean, it was looking a lot worse at the beginning of the second half than it was by the end. Um, you just had to believe that they're tough. But... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's an asset to not, not switch off, um, keep it tight defensively, and um, just, yeah. Do what we need to do to, to get out of the line. Um, just about did it. I, I can't say that we're deserving winners. I think if West Brom had done a bit more, we could have said that they, they deserve to win. But I think, you know, on, on balance, uh, yeah, draw would have been a good result. So it's um, these are the bonus points that we were losing last time. Last, last season, we were um, losing games that we were better, and now we're not necessarily playing as well and picking up the points still so long may it continue yeah and it kind of like you can swap it for that Rotherham one you know you get a point against West Brom and yeah take the three against Rotherham things like that but yeah Tim big big win uh such good form for both sides and you know this will put the rest of the league on notice won't it surely I mean they'll be looking at us and thinking yeah the Saints are coming absolutely there we're a team that they don't want to play uh and we I think what I want to consider the top four at the moment are the scariest and that would be Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds and us you know we are all on a roll and we are all uh significantly talented and can take and can take anybody at any place any location uh 
So I'll, I'll take it, run with it and love it because this is, it's, it's a joy to be able to win, but I do not like this league. It is so nervy. It is so, uh, I'm, I'm knackered after watching <laughs> yeah. a, a, a game. It's, I don't know how you can even do it in person there. I feel like the tension, like you're, you know, it's, it's, it, it's it, tough. It's got to be tough. It gradually gets harder as well because, you know, you start the game well and then you just, you can see us slipping into this. Oh no, this, we're going to mess this up. And then, you know, the seven minutes go up and you just think, I don't want to see this. I just want to go. Then it wasn't a very deserved win. Um, I'm going to give you the XG now. Um, Saints had 1.0, West Brom 2.2. So that suggests better scoring opportunities for West Brom. But like Tim said, we made the most of our two chances that we had. And that, you know, they had the edge on those corners as well, which is always a threat. But yeah, we've come away with the three points here. So let's let's celebrate this. Probably, maybe. You're right. We probably didn't deserve to get the three points. So when Moa came in in that last 50, 55th, 56th minute or so, he completely changed the game for them and was able to have, I mean, basically full movement, uh, press and play. Everything was really good. And in terms of most impactful person so uh, of the game itself, it was him. They had two chances that were off the crossbar or off the post. Uh, Thomas Asante and Furlong had two chances there. Uh, 2.2 XG, like you mentioned, uh, you know, compared to 1.0, that's just kind of down to luck at some point. So a chances and opportunities that they made the right substitutions to make a difference. They made the right, they put themselves in the right, uh, right spots to get those chances. They just couldn't finish. And where we were clinical enough and we're able to find a rhythm between, uh, you know, connecting, whether it be with Armstrong, Alcaraz, uh, Fraser coming in, making all the difference. And then even Stewart, who made that little bit of a cameo, uh, he had two take like he had two fouls that were uh, against him because of the way that he was held up. And, which was great. And he had one of the crosses that were, t- uh, and the aerials that he won in the cross, which was one few and far between. And he plays taller than I expected. He had six, two. Uh, he's, I mean, he, he's, I mean, he's my height, but he looks, he looks just bigger, like a bigger person. And so is the opportunity to have that traditional number nine up front. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays off of Adam Armstrong. And, you're talking about formation who, you know, what do we do? What, what's going to happen? Uh, I think that it's all about, uh, you know, it's not about exactly that, that formation rather than what is the movement? What is the movement patterns? And we know that Walker Peters is going to come up from right back and push forward. And if we continue to play Bree at left back, which is great because I think he's solidified it in terms of defense and the guy is faster than, Oh my God, I didn't realize how fast the guy, he's probably like one of the five fastest players on the field, which is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, challenges, take ons, situation. It was just a great game that we capitalized on the situation. And this is the difference where good teams come out when they don't aren't necessarily as playing as well to win the game. And this is exactly what it is. And we, we beat the teams around us. And this is exactly what, what the chance was. And that is why we are going to continually be staring for the rest of the season. It's still fall for the table because Leeds obviously beat Plymouth 2-1. Uh, we remain that one point behind and, and now have Preston breathing down our necks from fifth, two points behind us. So that's nine wins, four losses and three draws for 31 points. Um, Kev, do you have any stats? Yeah, uh, possession. Uh, yeah, so West Brom, I mean, we already said that they made it uncomfortable for us. They didn't really give us the possession that we're used to. Uh, so we're at 53% to their uh, 47. Uh, they had... Uh, 14 shots to our 10, of which uh, three of ours were on target and only two of theirs. Um, I mean, a couple of shots hit the woodwork, didn't they, as well? A couple of shots off target that were, you know, pretty good chances. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Russell Martin said it was a different win of those we've had previously. I just said to the players it was built on character, spirit, togetherness. Uh, The energy from the crowd was amazing. Uh, they are one of the best teams we've played. I have so much respect for Carlos. Uh, they make it seriously difficult for you. Uh, they have a lot of power and athleticism. Uh, in the second half, the momentum swung and we were too untidy on the ball. Their goal was coming, but we weren't good enough in that period. It is a big difference to the way we def- uh, we defended the goal at the start of the season. 
I can't be entirely pleased with the performance, but I can be proud of the way we won in a different way. It pretty much goes on what we were saying. Um, a win, not great at times. The XG, the, the shots on target was probably against us, but yeah, take the three points and, and, and we'll head up, head off um, on the break. Perfect way. Uh, man of the match, who wants to who wants to go first? I'll be very brief about this. Um, I think everyone's performances were, you know, not not mediocre, but you know, six sevens, good enough. Sixes and sevens across the board. Baza maybe um, a little bit less. You could probably had better positioning for the goal. Um, but I, I think the only real thing to say is that. We were worried going to this match that um, we thought that there was a centre-back dilemma. Do we put Shea Charles in there or do we risk playing Holgate? Um, he got that chance, he stepped up and took it, and I thought he had a really good performance. Uh, yeah, just despite not beating the clean sheet, I thought, um, yeah, he did, did rather well. So I'm going to give him man of the match, just um, p- partly out of sympathy, but mostly because of the performance. Uh yeah, OK. Uh, Honourable mentions, I think Will Smallbone put on a show. I think Flynn Downs uh, putting in his, his now usual performance. Um, but yeah, I'm going to stick with the stadium's man of the match and I'm going to give it to Mason Holgate as well, because, yeah, he, mm. he, he has faced some stick from from the fans and from us. And I, I can't imagine anyone being too comfortable with him getting that start against you know a fellow promotion seeking team. But he did step up and it's important to show the love and, and acknowledge that. Uh, hopefully this is it now and he's turned a corner and he can be that more reliable player when, when needed, if, you know, an injury rotation or suspension or whatever. Um, but I bet we're all now feeling so much more comfortable if he does step in. I think 92% pass accuracy, 63 touches, six clearances, four recoveries, four ground jewels, one, most tackles in the side with three, two accurate long balls and a blocked shot. So, yeah. Great job for Mason Holgate. I think we need a chant for him now, Kev. Um, are we home or away next time? We're away. But, All right, you have to have to wait a little bit then. But but see, I how, mean, see how he does against Huddersfield. But we've got Preston. Uh, sorry, we've got Bristol City in the in the week afterwards. So the next preview is going to be uh, with two of them. Uh, but Tim, yeah, who's your man of the match? This one was tough. Uh, if you take a look at all the data aggregators, who scored, Sofa score, uh, you know, Opta who is the best player from, from the match. And all of them have somebody who's different uh, for, for Southampton. So you mentioned a little bit of everybody, uh, you know, will there be a little small bone? He, I, I, my, obviously my rule is that I want him to play the entire game. He only played 60 minutes of it. So uh, there's that Adam Armstrong's obvious, uh, you know, ability to run around the pitch, play crazy whenever he needs to, uh, Alcaraz making a flair and style, but really what stood out to me were the two center backs, Mason Holgate and Harwood Bellis, uh, to me, you know, playing well whole, and then ultimately now Holgate coming in, set himself apart by really being a plug and play and where he's been absolute shit for us came out and was the stadium's man of the match. And to me is also the man of the match because uh, of the adversity that he dealt with on top of absolutely taking the professional foul that was necessary on Jed Wallace there. If we were, if we, we didn't talk, we didn't talk about yeah, that no, at all, yeah. but he absolutely just forearm shoved and took him out like right at the end of the first half. And it was, it was like, textbook you could not have planned it any better Holgate's just like yeah fuck this like he just took him out and said this is this what's going to happen yeah I saw him for like 10 seconds exactly what he was going to do he knew exactly he was going to take him out and to me that is a smart uh mature play uh and knowing when to actually take the tactical fall so yeah I think there's a lot of people in the fat in the crowd that said he could have got a red card for that because I know there was a long way to go (laughs) but I mean he would have been bearing down so it was a it was a good one to take there was one player behind him. I was more concerned about him, like actually getting his forearm up into the guy's face. It was really right at the above the above the breastbone or the, above the breastplate. So it, he could have, like, you know, he didn't take him out with his feet, which was is obviously better than by taking him out with the arm. But his arm got so high that I was pleasantly surprised. I was he it really got close to his neck and face. And if he did that, then obviously it would have been a red card. Uh, but yeah, three, three man of the matches for Mason Holgate. Who would have thought that? Um, 
<clears throat> no previews. Men of, men of the matches or man of the... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Men of the match. <laughs> yeah, men of the match. Well, it's, one, it's one man. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's your department, Kev, but yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no preview this week because we've got a week off, but we'll do one uh, in the week, uh, which I need to discuss with you, Tim. Um, but we'll, we'll go on to the, the Discord then. Uh, quite a few people going for Saints wins, not you, Kev, or you, Tim, actually. Um, spare a thought for Dan Fox, actually. He went 2-1 Saints, but then made a ma- major U-turn and went, went to 1-1. Shouldn't listen to us. No. Well, I don't know. I think maybe it was. I mean, listen maybe. to the podcast, obviously, but don't take our score predictions as gospel. Well, I don't know, because, I mean, Tim's preview was so anti-Saints, I think. It was all like, oh, we're yeah, yeah, worried yeah. now, but I still went for the 2-1. Um, so maybe it was that, that he listened to Tim's and thought, well, OK, and yours, because uh, you went for the loss. Um, mm. And well, that's what turned it around. But let's, but let's be real. West Brom played better than us this game, too. So yeah. oh, I mean, it could have been almost easy. could have been any of that. Almost everything that I was talking about came true. Yeah. You know, height, domination, maturity, uh, physicality. But we 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 took ch- we took the chances because XG was definitely that big stat that said uh, that was the difference. Uh, we, we, I mean, any any one of our scores could have happened there. But I just happened to go for the, the, the one that was uh, the most unlikely and it, and it, it paid off. But um. Yeah, uh, quite uh, six of you going for 2-1 Saints. Uh, they were uh, Kurt Supple, Kindly Platypus, Lord O'Benny, Colt Baker, Greg Kaplan, and yours truly. Kevin, I leapfrogged you once again. Uh, that's like the fifth week in a row, I believe now. Uh, so, yeah, we're changing all the time. Uh, Tony Mears still leads the way at the top on 30. Uh, Tim Brucker and Kurt Supple head you know, right on his heels now on 29. Um, Super 6. Round 16 was Colin Carter on 13. Round 17 was Colin, uh, Kevin Byrne on 7. Uh, round 18 is still ongoing. And at the moment, the overall lead is Andrew Knight on 175. Uh, Kevin, fantasy football, how is it going? Why did you have to ask? Oh, I, I haven't looked, so I don't know. Um, I have. I'm, I'm plumbing new depths every week. Um, 14 points I've got, and um, only... Captain Harlan to play. Um, uh, Van de Ven, uh, yeah, he's not got any minutes. Uh, what's wrong with him? I don't know. Fuck Spurs. Um, but yeah, Gay comes and gets me a point. So yeah, 15 it is terrible. Um, are any of you guys any worse? Uh, I've got 18, Kev. Not, not too 18. Mm. Um, but I mean, I made the right decisions regarding the bench. Um, uh, mm. Also mentioned as well that I, I was struggling last week and then Nicholas Jackson came and saved me with a hat trick. Um, so I did all right last week with him. Um, but again, Chelsea have got Man City, haven't they? So uh, I'm not expecting mm-hmm. much there. But I also have um, Haaland uh, captain to play. Mm-hmm. What about TV as well? Uh, 19 points right now. Uh, let's see. Matoma's playing, Bowen's playing, Liverpool's playing, so Darwin. And two Man City players in Holland and Alvarez uh, to go. This has been a shit week for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, Kev Leaks. Yeah, I'd rather not um, talk about the Podders League. I think, um, yeah, well done, Tim, basically. Um, okay. Top of our big league is still Chris Bonner, Livrilla, Lavia, Locus. He's got to change that name soon. 730 points. Uh, six points behind him is Brad S with Brad's lads and Tommy Rafferty's We Eight Pompey with 713 closing the podium. Okay. Uh, Gaffer? No changes in the overall standings for anybody here. Uh, some, some hit and miss players, uh, players that want to highlight. Uh, Kev, you got 73 points on the day, which is the highest of uh, the collective group. Uh, things that have Bucky helped you out. <laughs> things that have helped you out Somerville uh, with 11 points Adam Armstrong vice captain at 16 Jack Clark with 10 but all out of captain so 5 and uh, let's take a look and so for me, for me I screwed it up I did not put for my bench uh, I'm missing out on tons of points for my bench Mbidi at 6 and Lindsay at 9 uh, so Mbidi from Leicester and Lindsay uh, from uh, in Preston and the defender at 9 so uh, all in all, no major shakeups. The course is still staying the same. Uh, Tim Brucker and Moscow Mush are taking away the. If from, they're pushing away from the pack. I am pulling up 40 points behind that. 
and lots and lots and lots of gameplay to go, but overall, uh, definitely a challenge and definitely a long slog of a game. So, and good job, Ray, starting uh, and captaining Adam Armstrong with a total of 22 points at the highest single point player uh, on the game in, in the game out of our league. OK, uh, right. That is it for this week. Uh, next week, it's another international break. Uh, the last of those Euro qualifiers. We won't be here next Sunday, but we do have a few things throughout the week. Um, we'll also have those Huddersfield and Bristol City previews coming to you. Um, but yeah, wish wish us luck, guys, on the uh, Saints Foundation quiz uh, on Wednesday night at St Mary's. Uh, our team is ready and raring to go. We are called the Apostles of Nathan Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hopefully we can uh, not disgrace ourselves and not finish last. So yeah, um, uh, until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Podcast Network.